0: So, I know I look tough, but I can cry a lot when I'm preaching. So, please, it's not because I'm sad, okay? (laughs) So, this morning, I want to chat to us about stewardship. And stewardship is one of those things that we often, I know... We didn't do it this morning because I think Chad, I did share a bit with him just what I want to share with, but usually we have a stewardship teaching and it's all about our finances and, you know, in a sense our time and the way we we use our resources and how we live our lives and I really felt for us this morning that this is something that God is highlighting and so um, I want to give us a quick just dictionary um, explanation of what stewardship is and it's this it says stewardship is the conducting supervising or managing of something especially careful and responsible manage management of something entrusted to one's care so it's something that is given and as it's given stewardship comes into play And it's about how we handle what is given, how we treat what is given, what we do with what is given. And I think for all of us here this morning, as we're sitting here, like even this morning, what God has been doing here this morning, there's been a deposit of something of God in our hearts here this morning. And as we're sitting here in our chair, we can either just let it flow all over us and kind of like, oh, that was a great meeting, and walk out. Or we can realize that God actually came and he brought something and he placed something within our hearts and in our hands. And in that moment, God is asking us the question, what are you going to do with that which I've given? How are you going to handle that deposit? I think for me this morning, just such a beautiful morning of where God is just uh, touching hearts and speaking. Like we can't receive that and say that it means much. But they not allow it to change the way we look at things, to change the way we even look at God or perceive the things around us. We've got to kind of like take it in and then say, okay, God, help me to walk out what you've done here so that I don't stay the same. And there's a scripture in Luke 16. Um, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures um, and just throw it in there, so don't always have to put it on there. You should have your Bibles with you. I don't know if you're a church that believes in Bibles, but <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, okay? Just, I know you do. But Luke, Luke 10, Ach 16, verse 10 says this, The one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in the very little is also dishonest in much. And now we know this speaks about finances, but this morning I'm not going to speak about finances directly. Okay? I'm not going to speak about finances directly. But what I do want you to note here this morning, and this is a little bit of a disclaimer, that even though I'm not speaking about finances directly, if we don't consider finances in the things that I'm speaking about here today, we're probably missing what the Lord is saying. Okay, you hear me? (laughs) So finances is a part of where we need to steward, but the same place is family time and your time at work and your time with the Lord and your emotions and your mind and your heart These all things. We all have these kind of like bubbles and spheres that we need to steward. And that makes up our lives. Amen. And so finances is one of those is one of those things. And the reason why I'm saying that, it's just one of those things. And this morning, I want to speak about our lives, about how are we stewarding our lives. It's this scripture, 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. It says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Each and every one of us here this morning have got a plan and a purpose that's over our lives. We sang it a little bit earlier of, um, I think it was in the in the prayer meeting, um, of you are worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things. In John 1, we read that everything that has been created, has been created by God, for God. Amen? And so that includes each and every one of us. And this morning, I felt like as I'm speaking, I wanted to just... Felt like there might be some people here that think that you've been created just soma summer, <laughs> And maybe you feel like you are a mistake. But man, I really believe that with everything inside of me, that God created you. I want to say that to you, to each and every one of you sitting here. God created you. He was so aware of the day that you were born. Or not even just born, but conceived. And yes, it's our parents that had plans, like Chad said earlier. I had three plans, and it happened quickly. And I have no more plans. <laughs> but, God has a purpose. and God has a plan. And before those plans are even in our hearts, God breathes His plans into the hearts of people. And so there's not one person here this morning that has not been a plan of God. It's not been a mistake. It's not been somebody's sin. It's not been, however, it has come that you've come here and that you have come into the world. I want to say to you God's hand has been in your life. And that brings us to quite a a thing that if, if God's hand has been in your life, then it means you can't actually refute God from being part of your life because He's the one that created you and that means that you are His and in being His He's calling you into a place of walking with Him faithfully now there's this thing that I a while ago I felt the Lord speak to me um, and the me guys have heard me say this a lot but it's just what it is God is more invested in presenting each and every one of us faithful than what even your desire to be faithful is in your heart and he's going to come and he's going to bring everything around you situations good bad difficult easy like smooth not smooth he's bringing everything around us in order that one day when Jesus comes back to fetch us as his church and as his children To present us faithful before Him. And sometimes it's good situations. Sometimes it's difficult situations. But in it, He's always working. In it, He always sees that plan that the day that He thought of you to be conceived. He's working that plan and trying everything. And so you might be sitting here this morning and your life might have looked a certain way up to this point. That you go, where is God? Does He even know I'm here? And maybe you know God and you, you you've you've prayed and you've experienced something of God but just maybe this next while it's or the last while it's been feeling like it's empty it's a what they call it a brass ceiling if I'm praying I just I don't know where God is but I want to say to you God is right where he needs to be he knows exactly where you are right now he knows what the thoughts in your heart is he knows the difficulties that you are facing he knows absolutely everything that is keeping you back even from him And in that place, his heart is towards you, to love you, and for you to come to know him in a way that you be presented as faithful one day. Because he's given us this life, and he's called us to a place of stewarding this life. And that means my finances, my time, my family, and all the things that I do, that we stand faithful in front of him one day. When we talk about stewardship, it's so easy to sometimes go, okay, let's put God at number one and then church at number two and then family or wife at number three and then kids at number four and then work. And you can go down the list and all of a sudden realize, but I don't know, how am I going to do this? But I want to say to us this morning, it's God cannot be number one. Hear me there. God cannot be number one. Because it means that if God is number one, and I'm finished with number one, I need to go to number two. But God can never get finished. It's like God in my family. God in my marriage. God in my children. God in my work. God in my finances. God in my Netflix. God in my Facebook. God in my It's God in everything, not God first. God in everything. And that's where I need to live. Because only in God in everything, am I going to one day be able to stand in front of Him and be presented faithful? Because this life is not about the things around us, the things that we make it, the physical things. No, 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 no. It's actually about us knowing Him and as we know Him, how we love that out, how we respond and reflect what we've seen back into the world. I think you can. I, I'm like, don't quote me on this, um, but I think it's possible for you to know God and still and love Him with everything inside of you, and possibly still one day be found unfaithful. Going into heaven. See, one day God is going to come and judge each and every one of us on the things that we've done. And on that place, it's either we've walked with Him or we haven't walked with Him. You might know Him. You might acknowledge Him. Like in Scripture, it says to us that even the devil and the demons, they acknowledge God. They know exactly who Jesus is. They know His power. And so they are possibly sometimes more aware of who God is than what we, in our worship songs, sing and passionate and we're like, praise God. But actually the demons, they like, they know, look, if you don't clap on that man's man, sly, okay? Because he's going he's gonna to sort you out. And I believe it's, it's for us that God is calling us to a place of where we are aware of what he has called us to and that we live faithfully. Amen? So, how do we start this? I think I've gone a bit off my notes here. <laughs> you thought I started already. <laughs> I heard that you guys preach long here, so I made myself really, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so, I think if we look at life, all around us at the moment. And I would have to ask, what is the greatest commodity out there in the world right now? Like many of us would go, coffee. <laughs> coffee is a, is a great commodity, but not the greatest. But we would look at gold, we'd look at, at oil, Bitcoin, like it's, it's not a physical commodity, but it's something. And so we would look at all these things. Thinking that these things are the things that everybody's chasing after, and that's the truth, because that's what the world is in war, it's about gold, it's about oil, it's about all kinds of things. But I do believe that God gives us a little bit in scripture of what that thing is. And I believe that thing in this this morning, as you're sitting here, even I'm asking for it to some degree. It's your attention. Like your attention, attention, not intention, attention is one of the greatest commodity. It's billions and billions of dollars and rands that goes in dollars, dollars and rands. It goes into capturing our attention. When we go to the shop, there's five posters of this, this, sale, sale, sale. And you go, oh, it's a sale. But if you actually go look back, last week it was exactly the same price. But today it says sell. I've got to get five of these. (laughs) Now, I I know I'm making it very silly. But the reality is when we look at Facebook, social media, TV, even radio, everything is trying to grab our attention. And as it grabs our attention, it's telling us what is valuable. What do you need to have? What What is good for you? What is, what is important? What is going to give you some kind of standing on, in the social world out there? And as we have all these things, we tend to sometimes actually, instead of letting Scripture and letting God speak into those places and tell us what's truly important, what's truly valuable, not just valuable for this life, but valuable for the next life, we allow Netflix and Facebook and social media and radio and and you see all these things are showing to us or telling us what our value is and telling us what we need to value instead of holding on to the word of God and allowing that for us to indicate what is value and where do we live life that is valuable. I remember when I was a student for quite a while I was trusting God for um, a camera and um, I was in my second year and they used to have these cell phone um, uh, contracts where they give you a TV or a PlayStation or a camera or whatever else with your cell phone. And so I found this, this cell phone contract and I asked my dad, look, can you, can, I'm still a student, can you please help me, here? Um, you know, like all students do. And my dad helped me and he got me the cell phone contract with this camera. And man, I was chuffed with my camera, taking pictures of everything, like growing my creative side and all of that. And about a month in of having this camera, the people I lived in Wellington in, like a back of a flat um, at somebody's house, and the people across the road, they were people in the church and um, a very wealthy businessman and they were going to go on an outreach to Madagascar. And as they were going on this outreach, I felt like I want to give something towards the outreach, but, I mean, I'm a student, and the student's got to eat, and so, you know, live student life, so I didn't have much money. <laughs> and I felt God say to me, Rian, this camera of yours, I want you to sew it into the, into the, the, um, the outreach. I was like, I must be hearing wrong here. It's like, just don't try to be so passionate, Rian. Just tone it back. And the one morning I woke up, was a Saturday morning, woke up. And as I woke up, I knew that I knew that I knew this camera, I had to give it. And so I walked across the road to the family, and God told me to give it to them. Now, I knew that they had all the money in the world, wealthy business people, to buy themselves a very nice camera, not my muck and druck that I had kind of thing. And um, walked across the road with my camera and rang the doorbell. And as the doorbell, as the door opened, um, Tani Mersha, I don't know if you guys might know them, but Tani Mersha opened the door. And as she opened the door, I said, hello, Tani. And I was like a second child in that house. Like, um, she probably thought I was there for breakfast or something. But just said to her, hey, I just felt I wanted God spoke to me. And I wanted to bless you guys with this camera. And as I put the camera in her hand, she didn't even open up the gate. I just pushed it through. I just wanted to make this quick and as painless as possible for myself. (laughs) Which is like, I thought God gave it to you. She just burst out in tears. Just like, and I'm like, what is going on here? And so she didn't even say thank you to me. She didn't even like take a second look at me. She just ran into the hallway and she went to go fetch her husband. And She brought, brought him and he's also like, cannot believe it. A few days earlier, they were about to buy a camera from somebody that was in the UK and they could have get it for this amazing camera, for this amazing price, but they felt God say to them the whole time, no, 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 don't buy it. And here I come with this camera, and that camera, I, brought about like, I think like seven, eight years later, I don't know how they got it right to use that camera for that long because it wasn't that quality. But they used that camera, even though they had all the money in the world, to buy just because of what God has done and deposited through that thing in them. And to me, man, I've never again gotten a camera. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a camera. (laughs) But the deposit that it did inside of me that day, of where I could give that thing away, my dad, when he heard that I gave this camera away, he was livid with me. He's like, what do you think? I just give stuff like that away. Like the Afrikaner. Anyway. But one day, I'm going to stand before God, and that camera is going to mean a lot more than many other things that I've done in my life. Now, that is taking what we have, our lives, and saying, I'm going to steward this. And stewarding it means that it's not yours. It's actually God's. Or whoever you want to ascribe it to. But actually for us, our lives, when we come to Jesus, we say, God, it's no longer my life that I live, but it's now you living inside of me. That means my money, my time, my finances, or I did say my finances, but my finances, my family, all these things about my life, it's not mine. It's not my perspective on it. It's not the way that I think would work best, but actually it's God, what do you say? And in that place, the bar doesn't actually lower for us, but it actually becomes this bar that is so high that we cannot do it in our mind and in our flesh. It needs the Spirit of God. It needs relationship with God in order to walk this out the stewarding. Because that's the place, like we've all heard the stories of, say, like uh, Mike Davies, when they were um, building the Sunningdale building. And he got, went and he sold his house and gave that money into the church To build the church building. And you go like. Bruh. Why why did you do that? If only you held onto it. You would have. But it didn't matter. Because. It was in God's. In God's currency. Money is not. A factor at all. The physical things that we have. Is not a factor at all. In God's currency. When we see in Matthew. In Matthew 6, verse 19, it says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I want to kind of not, I'm not changing it. But I want to just, also not adding to it in the sense of, we, uh, but we will find that where our attention is, we will find where we spend our money, where we spend our time, how we order our family. I've got three kids, three small kids, and for Helen and myself, the kingdom of God is everything. And so we've moved a couple of times, and it's like, hey whatever the kids come with. We've got meetings, so many meetings in Cape Town. <laughs> Life <laughs> is not as, as wonderfully chill and bike rides in the mountains. Um, in Cape Town. There was a meeting, but we had it in the mountain, and it was amazing. But we've got meetings every night, but we, we can go like, hey, God, we are building your house, and therefore what our lives is all about, God, your kingdom. So for us, our children, they are with us. They come and sleep. And sometimes it's challenging. And we understand it's challenging because we had three or four meetings in houses out in the, out there. And they couldn't spend their time in their bed. But we know this, that God, we're not making life difficult for ourselves for no reason. No, God, we are building your kingdom. And that we know that that difficulty that we're facing with kids being awake and having to stand up at night, No, 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 that is actually for the sake of the kingdom of God. And it's actually a small price that I would happily pay if I get to see the kingdom of God being extended. But it comes down to, at the end of the day, what is the thing that I value? What has my attention? There's something about the eyes of God. I'm completely off my notes. sorry, Chad. But... There's something about the eyes of God that when we get to see Him face to face, not in the sense of face to face, but I'm just, the expression is face to face. There's something about where that's so gripping that we go like, there's no army that's big enough, there's no mountain high enough that's going to stop me from running to God. Or running for God. And that's the place that God calls us for. If we think about what life must have been like. Not being able to come into the presence of God. In the Old Testament. Where you had the one guy. That would like work super hard for a couple of months. To get himself clean. Clean enough that he can go on behalf of all of the people into the most holy place. That was how people interacted with the presence of God. But yet today, we sit here this morning. We sit here and we've got the fullness of the presence of God here with us. The same power that resurrected Jesus out of the grave is residing right here inside of us. There's no veil. There's nothing between me and God. It's an open freeway. As much access, as much as you want, eat as all as you want, uncapped, untethered. I mean, you can buffet. <laughs> it's not. There's Nothing. But yet, our time is spent on things so easily find something more important than just being with God, getting into Scripture. Actually, like, I think sometimes because we're so spoiled, we actually forget, man, I can sit and ask God, God, what must I do with my finances? God, this, this situation that I have with a person at, at work, What must I do? But yet we find ways to figure out it all on ourselves, make a big mess of it, and then go, oh, God, you were never there. But actually, God sent Jesus to the cross, through the grave, up back into heaven, gave us the Holy Spirit so that he made the way completely clear that we can just go, God, what is your perspective? God, what are you saying? What are you doing? God, what do you want me to do? Now, when we take that back to our lives, I'm going to try and finish off here, just bringing it back to some of my notes. (laughs) It's like when we bring that back, we need to look at our lives and go, how does my life reflect the salvation and the thing that God has changed everything to be able to get me into his kingdom? Pour out His Spirit in me. How is my life walking true to that salvation? Because that's where we called into being faithful. And that's where our money affects us. And our time affects us. And our family affects us. And so these two places that I felt like I want to, I want to encourage you with, that I believe that God is putting his finger on and saying, we need to look, sorry, we need to look at how we steward these two areas. First of all, your heart. How are you stewarding your heart? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like that. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. How are you stewarding your heart? How are you leading your heart into that? What does your life look like right now if God's going to come and say, Are you loving me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength? What does that look like? See, the flow out of that is when we come to our brother and we go, loving our brothers like you love yourself. Because there's something that we've seen in his eyes. There's something that we've seen with him. And as that comes and shines into our hearts, we respond with love that is like his love respond like what he looks like. And then the second thing that I wanted to call us to is our gifting and our calling. I believe God is coming and saying like, are you stewarding your calling? Are you stewarding your gifting? Are you sitting on your hands when it comes to your gifting? See, God calls us into a body and into a family. And there's not one person in this room that doesn't have a purpose for this group of people. And I don't want to say for this group of people, but for the town of George. Each and everyone sitting here this morning, you have a purpose and God has a plan with your life. It says that God ordains the places where we live and where we get born. And so you're here for a time such as this. And you might feel like I'm here because I chose this, I applied for that job or this situation. But I want to say to you, God is so big that he works outside of whatever you think is a situation or whatever you think is a a choice that you made. God has got you here and he's asking you like, hey Chad, what are you doing with your plans and giftings? And we might think that, oh, but I can't stand here at the front. I can't lead worship. But I want to say to you, there was a, a, just a quick testimony. There was a guy that came to our church, and he started moving over to us. And it was one of his first or second Sundays. And he was in a different congregation, came to our congregation, moved over. And there's a guy that walked in that same morning, walked into our congregation, knew and this guy started chatting to the new guy. There's a lot of guys here. But this guy started chatting to the new guy and just welcomed him in and just made him part of it. And then I walk over to the, to the guy that comes from another congregation and saying, Hey, how are you doing? Because I know him. Like, lucky to have you. And then he introduces me to the new guy. And as he introduces me to the new guy, He does it in a way as if they have been friends forever. So I just, he did it in such a way that I just thought, hey, I'm going to mention Rob. Hey, Rob, like, I didn't know you know this other guy. And later on, I'm speaking to Rob, the new guy that comes in, that came in. um, And I'm like, hey, Rob, how do you know this other guy? And he's like, no, I don't know him. I just met him here. And that bowled me over because that guy was completely new to us in our congregation. He said, Josh Jenner. But in that moment, God had such a purpose. And today, Rob is now hopefully joining their community, their new community leaders, um, Joanna and Monique there. But Rob has come in and he's, nev- he's been in that moment. We haven't had to do anything else to make him part of us as a church. And us as a family. And God is doing an amazing work in Rob's life. And I want to say to you, if you're visiting here, I trust that that's your same experience with the people here in George. And so if you're here this morning, I want to say to you, a simple hello can be more purposeful than a guy like me preaching here, making something, trying to sound good or right. It can mean more in the currency of God. With the right heart. And so each and every person sitting here this morning. You have a plan. And God, is a, God has a plan with your life. And there's giftings. And there's, there's talents that God is calling out in each and every one of us. And he's saying we need to present this. We need to bring it and say God how can I be faithful with my life? How can I steward my life? And then when it comes to things like our finances. I've never Never in my life, and I've had some low moments, but I've never in my life had a problem with bringing my finances to the Lord. Because I'm not bringing it to the church. No, I'm bringing it to God. And as I'm speaking to God and God is speaking to me, he's saying, Rian, spend your money on this. Or give your money to this person. Give your time to this person. Give food to that person. Bring this person into your house. Do this with this part of your life. And as I'm listening to God, I'm becoming a steward of my finances. I'm becoming a steward of my family, of my marriage, of the way I raise my kids. All bringing these things, my life, in line with God and with what He wants and how He wants me to live my life. But it all starts, I believe, in that place of where we can go. And love God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, and all of our souls. And that's the place where we steward this. So maybe let's pray. Let's close our eyes.